So Sonic's pretty cool, right? I like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, any relation uh, to Sonic the Food Train? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you say food train or food chain? <laughs> I did say chain, but I might have chewed on that chill a little hard. <laughs> because Sonic the Food Train is a... <laughs> <laughs> there's something there. Yeah, I think there's some. I think there's some meat on those tracks. There's the, there's wheels on those tracks. You hold out a plate up to the tracks, and you just wait for it to sort of. Oh, I like the idea that you said there's meat on the tracks. Like you just go up to the tracks after the food train has passed. <laughs> you just pick up the discarded chunks of meat it dropped. No, I think it shoots them out like a steam engine, but instead of steam, it's meat. <laughs> oh, you're, you're you're in like some sort of steamboat willy black and white thing where it's like the steam yeah, yeah. Pe- like the, the smokestacks are like choop, choop, yeah. choop, choop, and yeah. little stakes fly out. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to be shooting meat out of it, it may as well be whimsical. <laughs> Long ago in a distant land. Good morning, and welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. My name's Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And today, today, you guys, my two my two good friends are sort of letting Uh-oh. me do a thing. You're letting me do a thing. No, and I, okay. He <laughs> got it. It's, it's just like when you get a you get a day pass out of jail to go to a funeral. Like it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna. It's. It's something unrelated to why I'm in jail. You have to let me do it. And we we have allowed him <laughs> Yeah. His well, his day pass. And this is this is a different sort of jail. Unless you're unless you're asking unless you're uh unless you're implying that you're letting me out of anime jail to go do a, a thing. I've we're impl- I'm implying we're letting you out of anime jail on the promise that you won't talk about anime. <laughs> well, and I think I can make that promise. I think I I think during this three week arc that we have planned here. Uh, I can promise not to talk about anime, and I won't violate the terms of my parole. Uh huh. As your parole officers, we will have to make sure <laughs> looking looking for any reason to just bury you under the jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we we uh, uh, a while ago, not too long ago, but a little while ago, we let Rory have his way with our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he showed us for three weeks, he showed us uh, episodes of King of the Hill, which is his favorite sort of soul show. Uh, and I am getting the turn. You guys are letting me have it this time. Austin, I don't know if he's going to get one because Austin doesn't like things. And that's fine. I, okay. Well, we'll talk about this a later date, but I will, I'll, I'll have something. I'll come up with something that I'll tell you that I, okay. I, but no, no, you're letting me. Yeah, have he'll it. read. He'll read. He'll find. He'll do some research and figure out what's the most popular show. <laughs> what do human? What do intelligent like? men watch? What cartoons do intelligent men love? <laughs> this is Austin's Rick and Morty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're no. going to talk about Szechuan sauce. <laughs> I've uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, and on two separate occasions we have watched individual episodes of this show before. But I'm a huge shit boy for Hey Arnold. It is probably my favorite cartoon, but not really like not not in any sort of like measured way. But like you know, it got in me young. It like really stuck in my 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 bones somewhere when I was young, and kind of informed a lot of me as a kid. 
And, uh, you know, so it has a special place in my heart. And let's see, what did we watch before? We watched the Christmas special and we watched uh, Haunted Train. Train. That was my suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Austin has watched Haunted Train for a Halloween special we did a couple years ago. If Austin does have a true love of cartoons, it's it's picking something he knows somebody else loves and stealing it for himself. (laughs) My show's going to be Clone High. (laughs) No. Uh, So, so yeah, they, they have allowed me to have three weeks. And so I have crafted... Three separate weeks. That's three to... day passes from prison, not a three week pass. I hope we're clear on the <laughs> chronology. You still expected to tuck yourself back into your cell at night. <laughs> yep. Okay. Point taken. Point taken. Uh, now, Andy, I've got an important question about Hey Arnold. Uh, you okay. didn't mention that there is an exclamation point in there in the show uh, as it is written. Um, yes, there is. But I can't remember. Is that at the end or in the middle, like the store Big Lots that has like an exclamation <laughs> point after the big for some yeah, reason? Yeah, this is the show Hey Arnold. Hey uh, Arnold. Hey Arnold. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's got an exclamation point at the end. Damn it. There was actually, uh, wasn't there, well, I say there actually, I mean, it's, I mean it as a question. Actually, Col- comma, Andy, wasn't there a, a spinoff, like a more subdued adult version just called Hello Arnold? <laughs> Hello, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Arnold is about him uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, and every every episode oh, no. starts with him oh, going, no. bail, Hi, bail. "My name is Arnold," and they go, "Hello, Arnold," <laughs> because they all know he said it so many times. He's been there for such an embarrassing amount of time. Oh, hello, no. Arnold. No, though there was uh, at one point in time, there was going to potentially be a, he uh, Craig Bartlett was shopping around the idea of a more adult uh, spinoff of the show about them, uh, about Helga as a teen. Uh, and he was going to try and get MTV to bite on that. But they did not end up going with the show. But no. Yeah. Yas Helga. <laughs> <laughs> Yas Helga. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I I I have a huge history with the show. There, I was a piece of shit on uh, message boards when I was very young, <laughs> you know? early, early internet. The story has been documented on our yeah, show, I believe. I think it has. Uh, but I, something something that I think I should document here in our little preamble is that to decide, write it in shit runes on the side of the bathroom <laughs> stall. <laughs> no, to decide. What episodes that I would have us watch as, I don't know, I, it's not it's not necessarily a representative slice, but, you know, a representative slice of why I like the show, maybe. You have to curate um, it when there's you're dealing yeah. with, like, something too big to condense into just a couple episodes. You have to just kind of pick a lane. Totally. Uh, and so, to help me with that, I, I did reach out to a few of my old forum friends. <laughs> my old forum buddies. <laughs> Uh, including including the, the, the woman who used to be the admin on the forum. And uh, I asked them for their input on what episodes they thought were sort of most uh, most like impactful to them as kids or ones they, they remembered the most or thought sort of exemplified the best things about Hey Arnold. And so I, I've taken their you're input. like You're like the most boring version of Fox Mulder where instead of having like cool lone gunmen, you've got Hey Arnold forum friends who you can call up for advice. I'd like to imagine there was a montage of you sort of showing up in the darkness outside the window just saying it's time. <laughs> No, I said their activation phrase. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Putting a crew together. Yeah, 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 totally. 
Anyway, I also I also went to the the Harold Reddit and uh, asked them what they thought. Anyway, mostly of the, most of these are my picks, but a couple of these I threw in because other people seemed pretty, uh, you know, enthusiastic about them, and they kind of reminded me why uh, that was a good one. Uh, that longest Monday is a pick that I chose because of Reddit. So nice. Um, Thanks. Anyway, something I'll never say. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> I think it's good. We I'll, I'll touch on this longer. Uh, longer. I'll touch on I'll this touch later on this in longer. the episode. I'll touch it longer. <laughs> touch it longer. Um, no, I thought I thought it was really hey, nice Arnold. to have. Hey, hey, Arnold, touch it longer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really nice to have have some uh, business as usual episodes. Um, yeah, or the, it's kind of the only one of this one. Like, I get that why the ones with a real emotional core are the ones that you have sort of instilled this long, long lasting love for both the show and those episodes. But also like, it's not a, it's, you need, you need the, yeah, you need your potatoes with your steak, right? You just take and your potatoes and the gravy on top. Most likely the average experience for most kids watching this show will be these sort of business as usual episodes. Right. Uh, and at so least if it was me who didn't see the whole lineup of, of Harold mm-hmm. and just kind of caught it as it appeared. It was like, yeah, this is fun. Totally. So to that to that end, uh, I, I have actually I've actually slightly themed our three weeks and week one uh, is the, you know, shows the show business as usual type week. Uh, we have four 11 minute episodes that we're going to talk about. One of them we're not really going to talk about much. But we're going to we're going to try and breeze through the discussion on four different episodes that I feel like kind of exemplify the type of story that Arnold gets to tell. That's pretty episodic on its own kind of, you know, this is the show that most people tuning in would have seen. It's a bit like, I don't know, it's a it's somewhere on the much more realistic side of recess. And it has a bit of the weird, like nostalgic solemnness of an older person's show. And mm-hmm. it manages to shove all that into a it's weird definitely jaded city dweller. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely got this sort of like more mature aware. um, Like, you know, Gravity Falls or Over the Garden Wall, like twist on recess. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to probably steamroll over with a million thoughts. I want to let you guys talk as much as possible, but I think the better time to do that is in context. So why don't we jump in? Huh? No, no, no. Don't you dare say jump in. Don't you dare. (laughs) Let's dive right in. Boom, baby. Hey Arnold, uh, that's what we're watching. Um, and the this first is that episode... cover band we joked about a few episodes ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is from season two. What's the actual episode? Uh, this is season two, episode four A. Uh, well, the episode is called Longest Monday, and here is the synopsis. Schoolyard tradition has it that on the first Monday of June each year, the fifth graders throw the fourth graders into trash cans. So (laughs) Arnold and Gerald try to make a run for it. As more people are thrown into trash cans and the fifth graders know all the routes, Arnold and Gerald find out eluding the fifth graders is harder than they thought. (laughs) Uh, 
This is probably the most recess the show ever gets. Mm. I think. This, okay. Th- this this feels pretty. I don't know. I mean, it it gets pretty bananas. But in terms of like uh the sort of like magical realism of the core of the playground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is the closest it gets. It was a great palate cleanser for me. I watched it. This is the last one I watched when I watched mm. them. And uh, after kind of like three weepers in a row, I was glad to watch the the longest <laughs> Monday. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is the most like contemporary TV. I sort of feel like right now uh, it's a style that this does where it's like the like you said, magical realism. But it's this sort of throwing a genre on top of something that is very clearly mm-hmm. not high stakes. Um, totally. And sort of ratcheting up the stakes to to have a life or death feeling that is like feels like a horror movie or that kind of thing just for something that is silly kids being kids. Yeah. And I think you're you're right. I think I think modern shows tend to do the sort of, uh, you know, genre as flavor of the week more often, you know, where they mm-hmm. they're like, now we're doing the horror movie episode. I feel like Hey Arnold on the whole did that as a special occasion, but most of the time it sort of went for a, a sort of unique flavor or mood that it had. Um, but once in, once in a while it would do that. It and, works and I, I well like for one. kids shows, I think, because like if you do it in a, in a, in a contemporary show, what, what you'll tend to see is that the genre is the source of the comedy for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. in this show, you can't expect the kids to be familiar with all of the, of the content that's being sort of aped and mm-hmm. and what you get is it's still a funny show because it's a kid's show, but the genre is just kind of there as matter of fact. It, it yeah. kind of gives it a sort of like sci-fi feel. You know what this is, is a community episode. It's sort of, you know, <laughs> it's kind yeah, of, but even, even community sort of made, made the style part of the humor. Right. Totally. With Abed sort of commenting on, you know, well, this is right. the part where we, yeah, like that kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, they expect a literate audience and this is you know for children um <laughs> i want to step outside really quick of the episode discussion and just want to cover the theme song for a minute i know we've <sighs> talked about the show before i don't know if we've really gone much into the theme song but it struck me watching it this time just sort of how jazzy and unique it is yeah. compared to other maybe it's because in that intervening time we've watched a lot of other shows and seen a well, lot and it's of on it's on songs. Nick, right? So it's like yeah. in the middle of of shows that are just like the it's full of farts and and, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, the squish, and like gross squishes. Slime, yeah, the slime. Yeah, there's no the, 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 the guy playing the sultry saxophone in this show is giving the side eye to the guy squirting gack out to of stick his butt. Stickly. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey guys, uh, Jim Lang is the guy who wrote all the music for this show. Uh, I think the music goes such a long way towards. Maybe why it has more of a, an adult or like older kid kind of feel because, you know, when the morose saxophone comes in and kind of like underpins the like real child sadness, you're like, damn. Yeah. Compared to something like like a pup named Scooby Doo. It's got a real Birdman like... <laughs> feel where it can come in all the time and it's got this like consistent style. It's uh-huh. never like it's never like doing a different kind of music to fit a different like it's all this music. Just, yeah. you know. I'm sure there's there's, you know, you know, slower parts and, and jazzier parts, but like it's totally. never switching. It's never switching to like, a you know, a concerto. <laughs> right. But it's it's also the theme song itself is not even this straightforward. It's like this avant garde uh, dance it's expressionist got, got little, piece yeah. where people are like calling out his name abstractly. It's not. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, they're dancing and walking in this like West Side Story kind of two <laughs> clicks of boys and girls, but they're, you know, it's just it's so I don't know any other show that has done something like this, mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool. Got such a cool, it's such a cool like, not realistic, but like it 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 evokes the urban feel that that feels real if you did grow up in a city, you know. Mm-hmm. There, there's a real kind of truth to it, I think. That I think is it is it really speaks to it's sp- it spoke to me as a as a Seattle city kid and a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of Hillwood the town they live in is based on Seattle like in the back of shots you can see clearly like a a, a, a an elevated street that evokes the viaduct um, but you know some of it's also New York with like the the school numberings the PS one eighteen yeah. and that sort of thing um, but it's really cool I don't know I love yeah. the vibe yeah and this episode has a great vibe too. There's I'm such a sucker for any sort of media that immediately goes into the we've got a plan kind of trope. <laughs> this like, here's our plan. Here's our map. You know, here's the the layout. Here's you yeah. know, what we've got to execute. And uh, that's sort of what they've set up when they when they start this this uh, exposition about. And all of this is just gold. This dialogue is is super funny explaining what this trash day is. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because th- there's this there's this repeating thing that they do where Gerald is kind of like the fourth graders keeper of urban legends. Uh-huh. And they always have Sid tee him up as like his hype man. Trash Can Day is a PS 118 legend passed on from kid generation to kid generation for over three years. And our own Gerald is the keeper of the tale. Tell it, Gerald. No one of us knows exactly when the terrible fusion tradition began. How it? All agree that Trash Can Day is the most diabolical day ever invented. The day is always upon the first Monday of June, the day before trash pickup, when the rancid refuse of society lies and fly in maggot-infected trash containers all over the city. My friends, today is that day. Fifth graders all over the city search out uncircumspecting fourth graders like us. Catch them? And with the most heinous, abandon, plop them unceremoniously into trash can. When the three o'clock bell rings, we all of us become fair game. And no one of us is safe from the wrath of the fifth grade. I think Sid said something like, from kid generation to over three years. It's been a, I don't know if if it's a recurring gag in every time they do this, but at least in the two we watched, there's this sort of like, they, they they mention like you know in as long as recorded history and then it's always like you know last year yeah, yeah. like since I was since I was <laughs> since five I'm... or six yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I I really love the kid generation to kid generation line because mm-hmm. it really is like that's super real like that's yeah. super that's super real is such a great microcosm for like real parent and child generations like these kid generations of of like. The, the next fourth graders and the next fourth graders after that. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's real. It, it is a real thing. Like it's, uh, and that's really fun to see them like capitalize on and mythologize because that really is how it feels in a sort of meta way. I think there's another bit of that happening, uh, with the voice actors too, because this is, this is a season two episode and the season one voice actor for Arnold's, uh, voice changed too oh. much. And so they replaced him. So Lane Torin was was season one's Arnold, and uh, Philip Van Dyke is season two's Arnold, and Lane Torin is now voicing Wolfgang, uh, the bully. And so huh. like 
literally like a kid generation to kid generation moment has happened where the or you know last year's arnold is now this year's fifth grade bully voice wise and it's kind of fun like if you go no back idea. and listen to it you can you can tell like when it, like uh it's definitely an arnold voice putting on a lower voice and as the as the seasons go on and we see wolfgang once in a while he's uh, he's aging into his angry bully voice a lot more hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there, there i don't want to miss a line before we move on uh there the they talked about how bad the stakes, essentially setting up the stakes for why the kids don't want to get trashed, why they don't want to get put in these smelly garbage cans by uh, the fifth graders. One year, one guy got it so bad he smelled like a moldy burrito until he was 14. <laughs> uh, one, fu- one kind of like funny recurring, uh, I want to call it a motif uh, because mm-hmm. it's not really played for... Not really played for laughs. I actually didn't notice it till I was rewatching the episode. Uh, is just how often to avoid getting dunked in the garbage. The kids hide in the garbage. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna have power over this. You can't put me in here. I I quit. <laughs> God, yeah. I don't know. The 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 fear is is fun and real. They're running from these you know impossibly tall fifth graders, and they're all these little shrimpy fourth graders. And I think my favorite part of this episode is the is Park's fourth grade safe house in the junkyard. Yes, I love this. It's such a fun, like weird, magical genre moment. Yeah, they get to <laughs> Rivendell for. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, uh, let's clip drop the the setup, like the intro of like all the amenities they have at uh, <laughs> at the safe house. No fifth grader knows about this place, but fourth graders are always welcome. We feed the hungry, heal the wounded, and clean up the garbage cupboard. Yeah, they say I might even be smelling normal again by the end of the week. We even provide psychological services. It was horrible. They'd pick me up, and then they'd jam me in the trash can. I get over it, you big wuss. <laughs> and they even have, like, therapy services where Helga's, like, <laughs> administering. Because, again, like, the people of getting picked off are getting picked off and this like horror horror style, um, you know, setup where, you know, they're right and left people are getting grabbed because their plans are being foiled by the fifth graders who sort of know exactly like mm-hmm. they, you know, they were going to ride the bus and then their guys are sitting in the back of the bus and they come in, to, you know, and then Harold gets taken, uh, <laughs> you know, as they get off the bus, no! and they get off the bus. But yeah, right. <laughs> and I loved then when they discover Park's safe house. Because uh, this, to me, rang also rang really true because in my high school theater, we had a big loft <laughs> above the our theater. Uh, and in this loft, it was this whole tangled like it was a kid nest. nest of, well, it was this whole nest of like old sets and uh, wood and, and everything. fuck mattresses. <laughs> well, kind of, but we, we, we brought a, we bought a hammock. We, and we brought a new mattress. <laughs> and we, we had literally, we had a hidden this like hidden hideaway oasis in, in this loft that you couldn't see from the outside surrounded by, by wooden drama sets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, in your mind, those things are palatial anyway. So, so yeah, that, that just, it was another thing that really felt, felt real in your imagination. Yeah. My, uh, my favorite interchange in this episode. So, so after obviously the, the fifth graders find park safe house and they bust it up and all the kids go running Arnold and Gerald are, are approached by this kid named Weasel in the in the alley, 
And they have this like back alley deal where he's trying to give them safe pack passage across the line. I can get you wherever you want to go. And Arnold's like making a deal and he says, uh, How much do you want? What do you got? How about a yo yo and this dog head thing? Deal. Half now, half later. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something Fillmore about it, you know? Yeah, uh, very much. Yeah. Uh, although I also liked he's weasel like in, in, in all, 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 sh- all forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so then I I like I like it. Uh, there's a twist later when uh, he betrays them, and they're like, "Well, that's." And he's like, "That's why they call me Weasel." And I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> nothing to no. do. <laughs> it's not a it's not a pejorative at all." Yeah, yeah. It, it is worth mentioning that all the character designs in this show are complete. There's not a normal child among. No, they're all, they're all they're all grotesques. But <laughs> yeah, but Weasel is Weasel's the only one. Cut. Well, I guess Arnold is also called Football Head. We kind yeah. of call attention to his shape. Yeah, yeah. Gerald is sort of a a, a large sort of vase squash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him and him and Eugene have similar shaped heads. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I I I don't know. I thought this one was hilarious. The the end of this where they sort of start contemplating: Are we going to continue the continue this cycle of violence? <laughs> yeah, because they do eventually get get trashed. They they get dumped in the trash in this nasty sludge, and well, <laughs> then get seen by some third graders who like ask like or you know they start making fun of him for getting trashed and they're like well what about next year dude yeah Yeah, well it's funny too because so arnold makes this impassioned plea to the fifth graders to not dunk them uh Mm, and and the sort of and the twist is then that they get dunked anyway the fifth graders (laughs) are like nah um and then arnold and 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 gerald are ready to to sort of bury this tradition and the third graders are like ha ha Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, yeah, all right. I can see yeah, why no, this tradition em. gets its legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And One it's year nice from today, that, baby. Yeah, and that I, they talk about cycles of violence, but they also mm-hmm. aren't necessarily these, like, perfect angels who are like, no, it ends now. It's like, yeah. well, maybe I see why this perpetuates. <laughs> and and they, Maybe I'm they, definitely uh, going to dunk some kids. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of lawful good angle on Arnold gets a bit flanderized later on in the seasons uh, where, you know, he's definitely more of a paragon of virtue and people continually start calling him out for that and sort of being like, OK, here comes Arnold with his fucking buzzkill again. But I like early on, I like that Arnold is shown as a person who eventually does the right thing, but initially kind of makes mistakes. And at the end where he's like, yeah, I don't know. Should we keep the tradition? We have a year to think about it. Like, I like that it's left just completely, eh, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how I'm feeling. Yeah. Arnold. Well, let's keep this. Let's keep this Arnold, the Arnold train on its on its choo choo tracks. And uh, the next one we watched was called Operation Ruthless, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty good pun, all things considered. Yeah, there's a girl named Ruth, <laughs> and Arnold does not get her, so he is in fact pretty ruthless. He's in fact ruthless. Uh, Helga attempts to destroy Ruth McDougal, a sixth grader whom Arnold had a, has a crush on, uh, while at the annual city cheese fair. And right off the bat, we kind of perpetuate this uh, 
I'd call it lazy storytelling, but at the same time, they play it pretty fun. I don't want to overly bash on these, like, you know, <laughs> completely unannounced, like, quantum fairs that keep popping up in, in children's shows. <laughs> yeah. That are... <laughs> That are, have you just like have to believe that they, you know, that circumstances have afforded you know this 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 moment in time to happen. Mm-hmm. Although, it, it, and that all students in the class have decided to go. Yeah, although pleasantly, the fact that it's a cheese fair isn't integral to any sort of plot. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So now it makes I, it feel a little less contrived. I wanna I wanna step in and and defend my boy Arnold real fast. One thing that I will say about this ridiculous cheese fair is that they bring it back. So yeah. oh, within, within, the, within the world of, of this show, there is a there's an episode later when there's a new love interest introduced for Arnold named Lila. And Arnold uh, wants to take Lila to the cheese fair. Uh, so okay. like there is a there is sort of like a, an acknowledgement that like you can't just suddenly have a cheese fair and then never talk about <laughs> the cheese fair. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, of holy provolone. Um, <laughs> yeah, they set up the beginning of the episode. Uh, Helga and what's Helga's friend again? She Phoebe. Phoebe, Phoebe who you. teaches Helga uh, a cheese spell. <laughs> yeah, they they are <laughs> sort of divining uh, and and uh, using cheese divination to find their true love, <laughs> and looking through the holes of a Swiss cheese uh, and finding true love, and that's where Helga, of course, sees. Uh, sees Arnold. I like cheese spell because it sounds like cheese spell. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. You mo go go fight eats out. But now Arnold uh, has his eyes set on this girl, Ruth. Who also and, has a football head. <laughs> yeah, Ruth, Ruth, the, the design for Ruth is weird because she very much just looks like female Arnold, which mm-hmm. she, she's got the same uh, like plaid, uh, but as a skirt, I think. And then the same like color sweatshirt that Arnold had. It, it's just, it's a weird sort of almost gender swap, like fan concept. I don't, and yeah, I, I don't know if it's. It feels lazy. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily a commentary on Arnold being sort of attracted to himself or, or mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. It just seems like, oh, yeah, they're a pair, right? Because they, yeah. look, they look alike. Yeah. You know, I, it's always funny when it comes to sort of like visual renderings of attraction where like you don't want to portray somebody who's obviously hot or obviously ugly in a way that might sort of get lumped in, just sort of leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah. In, in a way, you do kind of dodge that by she's just clearly an Arnold. She's he's like, <laughs> what could you infer that Arnold likes somebody who likes who looks like Arnold other than he's got a health. He's got healthy self-esteem, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and, and something that I, I, I remember as a kid really hating Ruth because she was standing in the way of Arnold and Helga and she had no personality. Well, no, she's like a blow up doll. Yeah. When, when I'm watching the show, I think. As an adult, I think it's actually really fun that she has no personality because it it shows how little Arnold actually knows at all about Ruth. Oh, very much. Right. And totally. when when that when that comes crashing down later, when he finally ends up, there's a moment where, like an episode where he finally ends up having some interactions with Ruth. And he's like, wow. Right. OK. Yeah, I'm not actually <laughs> to you at all. <laughs> it's also really fun to sort of play with the, the sort of the missteps of teenage attraction that you can't do. When everybody's a smoking hot, you know, character from the OC. Uh-huh. 
it's like i like that he had a crush on somebody who's kind of like objectively not that dope <laughs> yeah yeah because that's real as shit it's super sometimes real. you're into somebody who's not that dope turns mm-hmm. out she's just tall it turns out she's just tall. Just also, tall. she's in Damn. sixth grade and he's in fourth yeah. grade. And like, that's a big gulf. Yeah, it's never going to work. Yeah, so we we didn't think we wanted to talk about this one too long. Uh, when I when I picked this, I was mostly thinking about the last two minutes of this episode uh, that, that I think are very noteworthy. It's mostly a farce for the first 10 minutes of, of Arnold yeah. trying to get to talk to Ruth and Helga sort of stymieing those attempts. Yeah, yeah. and that's the yeah, episode this for the most part carnival. until the very end. <laughs> right. There's a there's a line I really want to drop. I feel like this is a really classic Helga like freak out moment. I think it's really wonderful where she thinks Phoebe's about to be like, hey, uh, why are you trying to do this to Arnold? And she blows up and she. Uh, uh, Helga, just one question. What? Are you implying that I have some sort of ulterior motive? That I'm after this Ruth person because she happens to be the object of some other kid's affections? Some certain young man that I may have my own obsessive affection for? Is that your question? Is that your question? No. Actually, I was going to ask you which way to the bathroom. Oh. They're right over there next to the wiener stand. And Phoebe? Yes? This conversation never happened. Right. Oh, Phoebe has a fun line too, where uh, uh, Helga's Helga asks her, "What is what does Ruth have that I don't?" And oh, Phoebe's yeah. just already got a prepped list of Ruth's <laughs> awesome features. I don't know if that was like you know signaling that Phoebe's kind of into Ruth, or if she just constantly tallies Helga's failings. I yeah. <laughs> both are funny. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. both are very funny. Not that I care, but what she got that I haven't got? Let me check my list. Long slender legs, a dazzling smile, shiny chestnut hair. Give me that. That that Helga blow up was the moment when I wrote down like, damn, these voice actors are legit. Like, Dude. they got really good kid performances. And I don't know how they did it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, because it's it's more than just hiring the right kids. Like, it, it, it they, yeah. they, they somehow every kid on this show really just because we've heard it's great to have actual kids. Yep. When they when they are good at it you know because they, they, I think they really the, I think the trick is you know i mean yes to, to a degree i don't want to i don't want to undercut talent i'm not saying anybody here is uh not deserving of their 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 place on the roster of hey arnold uh mm-hmm. i think though i think a big thing comes down to the fact that little children are for the most part not trained actors but when you mm-hmm. just have to say something from a context that you can understand and so, all you have to do totally. is be empathetic and read and read some yeah. words. Then just sometimes we've had like a, long a Sarah, way. like a Sarah from Dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, you know who doesn't always just doesn't always work out. But but you know no. these kids were were just incredible. Yeah, I think I mean I, I I'm not gonna shit on any of them. I think most of them are good. A lot of them get replaced because their voices are changing. But I think I mean the the, right. the real star. I mean as always is going to be my argument. The real star of Hey Arnold is Helga, and Francesca Marie Smith is. They lucked the hell out. She was super young when they got her in and she was like on it from the get go. And she yeah. she still did her voice. She's like a grown ass woman right now. And she's not doing voice acting. She has like a completely new career. Uh, but she came back and did the the jungle movie that they did a couple years ago and did a pretty good job of still sounding like Helga. So Damn. I don't know. It's it's awesome. I love her so much. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about the end. After all this craziness, there's some like 
really the shenanigans that felt really real to me where like the boys and the girls are lining up in secret for the tunnel of love and then they all start peeking and trying to get in the right spot in the line to get I was they super be perved out by this dude who's like on his hands and knees kind of like tra- being like a train <laughs> perv on Helga it's it's grotesque oh, the mouth, it, oh, is, mouth it is fucking vile dude. I know it's kind of I think it was I think it was a like a bad graphic pat bad graphic match because they're in like a house of mirrors and we're seeing all these weird angles yeah. but it looks sketchy as shit that's brainy they uh that's Br- brainy's maybe the one angle of hey arnold that that doesn't hold up as well uh in 2020 he he is definitely like an uncomfortable stalker that keeps following helga he always shows up when she's monologuing to herself and she always punches him in the face and and then leaves uh that's like a weird recurring gag uh it's a real it's, season it's, one melvin yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> before before the great Melvin revolution when he became <laughs> uh, the darling of our hearts. <laughs> before he won Molly's heart and ours. <laughs> uh, but at the at the very end, uh, after successfully keeping uh, Arnold away from Ruth the entire time, uh, Helga sort of is like, nice job, well done. And she stands and she watches Arnold be like sad for a minute, but then be like, you know what? The challenge just makes me like her even more. And he walks off and Gerald and Phoebe, who've been making eyes at each other all night, walk off holding hands and Helga's left alone and they start shutting off the lights at the cheese festival. And she's just standing there like, what the fuck have I done? What am I doing with my life? Like, this is awful. And it's so like sad and the music is so sad. And then it's just credits. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was telling these guys before. I was like, this is this is like a like a short film you'd see at Sundance, like in sort of like the <laughs> sort of meandering plotlessness of it. And then just ending on a open sort of note. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's got real. I'd like to win a film festival vibe to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. one hit me real hard as a kid, you know, it's I mean, good. There's, it, there's, there's a real middle school Andy situation of like, Hey, I'm at like a thing or an event or a school thing and I should be enjoying myself. But instead I'm just worried about the girl that I like. And then I end up not having a good time because I've just fucked it all up. And mm-hmm. I love the idea of like pushing the boundaries of what a story can be or should be anyway, mm-hmm. but it's especially kind of neat when you, you know, you're doing it to a kid who doesn't, you know, doesn't have 20 years of like, built on expectations it, they're just gonna be able to just kind of sit there and have a different kind of experience and it's dope yeah yeah it's well super and dope. i think we've talked about this when we did uh one of the other hair on labs maybe the christmas episode was was sort of as when you're younger i think a lot of kids do not empathize with helga and you mm-hmm. know over time sort of um as as some kids mature well, she's or, always or, angry and yelling it's she's sort of graphically yeah. she's sort of established as a villain type but if you're yeah, actually right. watching and the show not, he, and she's not, not drawn a villain. to be not drawn to be conventionally attractive and and you know there's this sort of uh you know that that repulsion or something of like uh you know this nasty helga is so mean and everything <laughs> yeah. you know and, and then you're just like oh she hurting oh yeah. poor Helga. well and like i was just saying you know, like when you don't have all this like built-on lexicon of like constantly reinforcing what a story should be or is be is be this is is be you are you are going to be drawn to these really clear archetypes and helga is clearly subverting that but she's drawn like the villain and she does the villain's stuff in the episode mm-hmm. um it's easy to see how if you're just a little kid watching the show with no context and no interest in like 
writing an English paper on it <laughs> that you would just kind of be like, oh, Helga's the bad guy. Yeah. Right. I think that's all we got for that episode, right? Should we go to a sponsor? Let's do a sponsor. Austin. Yeah. I have a sponsor and you need to talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. My wife. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it? It's not my Borat impression, right? Because I know nope. I paid. I paid to have to sort of. Yeah, it's in the queue. My, it's in the my queue. We'll get. Okay. We, we will get there. Sorry, I jumped the gun. Right All right. Yeah, no, yeah, hit yeah, me yeah, with yeah. what the sponsor is. Don't call us. Uh, this is this is a new sponsor called uh, the Forbidden Fruit Snack. Oh. Yeah. Okay, great. I have heard so much about the Forbidden Fruit Snack, and I am completely excited to talk about it. Uh, very nice is <laughs> is what I think is what I think about the Forbidden Fruit Snack. Um, how much I would Be say careful. If, Be careful. if I was at the store. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, so you're at the store, right? Imagine mm. you're at the store, and you are tired of seeing everything, right? You, you've gone through every aisle, you've looked through every jar and jam and every can and every package, and you're just like, I'm, I'm, I need more, right? This isn't mm. feeding mm-hmm. me anymore. This doesn't satisfy me. Um, and what's cool is that every grocery store actually has a forbidden section um, <laughs> oh. that is in the back. That's in the back, and it's, it's like sometimes you see it as you pass by when you go to the bathrooms in there. Oh, sure. pass through and people are, like doing their job in the back room and like, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So it turns out there is this forbidden section of every grocery store that it's going to be titled like break room or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll have like sometimes lockers, sometimes places. And I, I think that's where the food is, is there. <laughs> and so it's this forbidden section. And it turns out it's got a bunch of food in there that they don't actually sell sometimes wow. at the store. Yeah. Even if you ask if they've got it in back. Uh-huh. Right. And they won't say that. Yeah. And so <laughs> sometimes it'll they'll they'll keep them in these like lunch bags or uh baskets or in like a, a Ziploc or or a you know, something in their refrigerator. Like they even keep them refrigerated. So you go into this break break room mm-hmm. and and you can get all of this food and it's pretty amazing. So so one of those is is the forbidden fruit snack, which you know, it's just sort of the like iconic sort of ideal of, of what you can get there in this in the Briac room. And wow. so, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I had it and I've been trying to find it ever since. Is there Do anything they, we should know about about leaving afterwards? Is that a problem? Uh, is anyone going to sort of make an issue uh, out of it? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Right. So basically, you, you've got a risk. Of course, there's a risk for going in and being spotted because they don't want you to, you know, know about the secret food. Because um, right. then everybody, everybody would then go and try to get the secret food, and then there'd be none, right? So, so it's good to know that um, if you you have to say some special words if you're caught and just say, "Oh, hey, I'm new here." Um, oh. Uh, and then you sort of like find your way out. That's good. Back into the store. Yeah. 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 I dig it. I'm going to go get some Briac food. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. Um, definitely a thrill. Uh, and sometimes it's pretty good. Like the like that fruit snack I had that I still can't find. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, a, 
That's a really, it's a really rousing, supportive statement there. Thank you, Austin. Mm. Yeah, you got it, bud. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> no. Watch My name is Borat. We were, we're gonna get to you. Okay? My wife. <laughs> no, not you. It's like a fucking virus. <laughs> Well, I hope you listened to that sponsor ad and you were inspired to buy whatever that was. I, I really hope that you're going to give your money, but now you need to give your attention to me as we talk about this next episode that we watched, which is called Spelling Bee, another season one episode. Uh, this one and the next one we're going to watch actually were aired as a, a pair, two, uh, two 11-minute episodes aired as a pair. So we're, we're doing a real 30-minute segment here. Uh, so this one's called Spelling Bee, and the synopsis is... Arnold competes in a Tri-City Spelling Bee to win money for a keyboard, but faces competition against Helga, who is being pushed by her father to win so she can follow in her sister's footsteps. Yeah, I, I dug this one more than I thought I would. It's got a real, it's got a strong moral of the story to it at the end. Like, something that I think, you know, you could be watching this as a parent and be like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm not going to be like this dude. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not yeah. going to try to cheat to help my, my daughter win at things, because mm-hmm. that's a kind of a dick well, move it's a it's a great time to sort of get kids in the mindset that contests are bullshit yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and uh. uh that they really aren't any measure of anything other than your dedication to doing contests mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well um, and i'm always a sucker for the moments where we let helga be the um the protagonist of uh you know an 11 minute or whatever and they also give us peeks into why she's Helga and seeing the, the like glimpses into her home life that we get over the, the many seasons of this show are always just so upsetting. They're just devastating. Yeah. yeah They're so, so upsetting. Her, I mean, her mom's an alcoholic. Her dad's an asshole. Her older sister is like perfect in every way and she can never live up and they don't pay attention to her. They get her name wrong all the time. It's just so it's so sad and i i don't know i i like that because that is, that's her, sort is of... her sister dead no no okay no she shows up you definitely amount of time everything you know about like, i i've seen with like you know the mom's alcoholism and the dad's obsession with the sister i was like oh i don't yeah yeah did, no no, did, no like, they, 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 yeah. Get, like kidnapped or something no they haven't <laughs> no. they haven't gone there uh olga just at this point in season one had not shown up yet uh, sure. I, th- I don't think she shows up until season two. I might be wrong, um, but she's she's insufferable and ridiculous. Uh, is she in college or is she graduated already? Uh, I think she's in college when we see her. I think she's in college, so she's effectively dead. She's she's moved on, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, out, of, she's out of the child realm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. I I'm a sucker for that. There's a there's an episode uh, two weeks from now that we're gonna watch that is you know maybe the most heartbreaking helga episode ever and i love it so much but uh i don't know i'll I'll be a helga stand forever but i don't have to do it all in, uh, in week one so uh this one this one's fun I, it starts with a really baffling moment that never gets explained where uh they're in class and miss slovak is uh like oh. it's like the class is almost over and she's like t- in the middle of telling them about asbestos tests that are happening and the bell rings, and in this weird trope twist, instead of the kids running out, she fucking bails. 
she's probably got a hot day like Miss Haruna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. And given the context that Miss Slovak just disappears at the end of season one to go like do something else with her life, I think it's really fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she's just like, fuck yeah. this. I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I am out at the stroke of 3 p.m. Goodbye. Yeah, it's really important <laughs> to remember your asbestos. Eh, fuck it. I don't. Eh, I'm not making enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but it, what is set up, what is set up is that Arlen and Helga have become the best spellers at the school. And so they're moving on to the city spelling bee. And um, again, you know, fighting for, tropes. She's the bully. She's the bad guy. But she's really good at school. She's actually very smart and good with words. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. Uh, Just like her sister, uh, because Mm -hmm. we then find out that uh, her dad, Bob, the beeper king, Pataki, (laughs) um, Big Bob's beepers, uh, he has already filmed a commercial that is promising what free beepers if Helga doesn't win. Yeah. Uh, So suddenly putting all of this pressure on her to to, you know, fulfill his, you know, do his his shit. And, you know, he's he's praising everything that, you know, his uh, his other daughter, Olga, did in this room, comically giant room of trophies of everything (laughs) that Olga has done and achieved. Uh, Uh. And he tells this story uh, about how when Olga did the spelling bee, she got the word qualm. I remember the first time your sister Olga won the city spelling bee. It was the greatest moment of her life. She was so happy. I'll never forget when she got that final word. Qualm. Q-U-A-L-M. Qualm. The L was practically silent, but she nailed it. She nailed that L. I love this because you see Helga mouthing this, this story as the dad is telling it. And... I feel like everybody can relate to a parent who has told Mm -hmm. the same story with the same inflection, with the same (laughs) joke, the same sort of outcome. And you're just like, oh, my God, you know, I have heard this. You know, I've heard this. Why are you (laughs) saying it again? Yeah, I yeah, I I agree. And and what I what I like about it is that it isn't it isn't obvious foreshadowing in the moment. It seems like on the face of it that it's just that it's the yeah, we all know that, you know, the way old people tell stories, we get it. And she's heard it a million times, but it it comes up again later, like they ring that bell yeah. and she gets qualm at the end. And Bob is like, oh, my God, she's heard me tell the story a million times. And we <laughs> as the viewer saw her mouth it. And then when she purposely, you know, throws the the spelling bee at the end with it, it's really satisfying story wise. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It's super really satisfying callback. In a, in a similar way, the way Longest Monday did with like all the the describing of the of the path and oh my gosh, how many blocks is it to Miss Vitello's and like they keep telling us the whole time about how far from Miss Vitello's they are. Like I like the way that this show signposts. Like it's kind of sneakily mm-hmm. good at writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why it is so like yeah, like sneakily effective. Uh, when you're like, why am I enjoying this so much? Oh, it's because they've fully blocked out like what the clear objectives and the stakes and everything like that. Yeah. Um, oh, Andy, uh, for, uh, for an image for this one, just while I'm thinking about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and talking about just like how sort of upsetting all of the children look if they were real, um, <laughs> the lineup, the lineup of the spelling bee is pretty top notch. <laughs> Those kids are so awful. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're oh. all just gargoyles. <laughs> oh, those, those kids are so scary looking. <laughs> um, so what's at stake for Arnold is 
the uh, $500 prize, which mm. means he could buy a keyboard, a synthesizer keyboard. <laughs> the Tone Master 2000. Uh huh, and and it's four ninety nine ninety five, which means they could even have change left over. <laughs> it's a and it's a it's also a fun. This is a fun play on just all the different kinds of ways your home life can be good or bad or complicated or simple. Where like, you know, he's got he's got a very loving parents and his grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. but they don't have five hundred bucks to spare. Yeah, right. And how. We get the impression. I, I remember from the Christmas episode. She bought. She bought. I don't know if she was like scrimping and saving. Yeah, but I get yeah, the impression yeah. Big Bob does okay with the beeper factory. He mm-hmm. does. They got those Nancy Spumoni snow boots for her. No problem. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. No part of this episode did Helga give a shit about five hundred dollars. No. Right. You know. No. Uh, and yeah. So I. I love. I love Arnold. Later on, uh, Arnold has this. This like visual sort of fantasy about what his life is going to be like when he gets this tone master (laughs) and he's dressed up like some sort of like sassy lounge pianist and he's and ruth p mcdougall is lounging on the top of his tone master 2000 just eyeing him giving him the sex eyes it's so (laughs) funny (laughs) he's playing this like like cute like e-piano like like Rhodes sound coming out i don't know I, i i love that I love yeah. that his kid fantasies are nowhere near what other kids' fantasies are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's years ahead. Um, he's got a real, yeah. he's got a real uh, uh, JD from Scrubs vibe with his with his, <laughs> his fantasy world. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, he's an old soul. Arnold's mm-hmm. an old soul. Um, and yeah, his his grandparents are are have this whole like really nice, really sweet talk about uh, who again are Dan Castellaneta, Homer Simpson, and. Uh, uh, what is it? Tress McNeil? Is, yeah, is Tress McNeil. Yeah, so another Simpsons um, yep. a veteran. But, uh, uh, you know, they just have had that reiteration of like, look, we're proud of you no matter what. We love you. Uh, it's cool that you're doing this, but like, care, you know, it's like, who cares? You're Arnold. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's also nice for Arnold when Helga throws it because I'm pretty sure the check her dad gave him is not legit because it just says Arnold on it. <laughs> well that's because they were being coy about what arnold's last name is for the whole show i figured but it does feel uh, yeah. like he scammed a child <laughs> gave, him a, gave him a bad check wouldn't put it past him yeah oh man yeah so let's let's talk about uh the actual spelling bee for a minute there is an incredible lineup of weird ghouls uh these these kids <laughs> these these nerd kids who are good at spelling but they just their character designs are so frightening uh and one by one they all they all go until there's only three of them left and it's arnold and helga and this kid and oh seymour seymour it, this is so i i laughed so hard at this because he he spells a really tough word and then like pasquinade yes pasquinade and his earpiece falls out and we cut to his mom outside in like a fucking FBI van, like feeding him the answers. <laughs> You're leafing through a dictionary. Rap. Which is yes. a silly incarnation of a very real thing. Yes. Right? Like yeah. A completely believable mm-hmm. thing that a parent would do. Yes. Just do, yes. Their, do the spelling before them. <laughs> but I love I love the visual of her in there like, come in, come in. Seymour, are you there? Did you get the <laughs> word right? Seymour. <laughs> yeah. Kid shows have a really uh, perfect license to just totally obliterate some parents because <laughs> most of them aren't going to be watching and won't like get sensitive about it. <laughs> you know, 
when yeah. they're talking directly to kids and just like, does your parent look like this? Because fuck them. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> um, I like I like how at the beginning of the episode, Arnold asks Gerald to come to the spelling bee and, and Gerald kind of hits him with a, that's Saturday, dog. You can go flying <laughs> fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, but then he shows up anyway, kind of unannounced and not a part of any major plot. He was just like, you know what? I had a change of heart. Let's go support the homie. Yeah. yeah. I I love Arnold and Gerald's friendship. They are so cool. I I love them. And there's there's precious few moments where there are where there's like tension between them. Uh, and the whole episode is devoted around it when it happens. But like mm-hmm. most of the time they just have each other's back. No matter what, and it's well. Really that was nice. the fun thing too, when Arnold was, all, you know, Arnold kind of returns with like a, yeah, that's pretty fair. <laughs> I guess I hadn't <laughs> thought about it in the context of like you're not here to win five hundred dollars, so yeah, go have a Saturday, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting a keyboard out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know that those two are such a fun contrast to like, uh, uh, you know, the the like training montage we had between Bob and Helga, where he's like, your sister Olga could spell that word when she was five. And what are you now? Six? Seven? Nine, Dad. Whatever. Point is, you're a Pataki, and Patakis are winners, right? Yes, Dad. And that is the saddest yes, Dad, that I've like heard. <laughs> it's so crushing. God, uh, yeah. The kids, so, are, the kids are really the victims in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Even, even Seymour, when his earpiece falls out, claims, No! And so, yeah, then then Bob does his his play. He doesn't he loses faith in that Helga's actually going to win. And so he offers Arnold the full prize money if he'll throw the contest. And Helga finds out because Arnold crumples up Bob's check and throws it on the floor. And she's like, well, it's a piece of paper. And she picks it up and is like, what the fuck, Bob? And so she spells qualm wrong. Yeah, uh, she throws the match. Which is great because she, she even she spells love, it so spectacularly I wrong. <laughs> I didn't love that he that he crumpled up the the check, but that's a sort of minor quibble of the you know I don't find the morality of cheating at school that uh, irreprehensible <laughs> sure. compared to like you know let your friend have a moment with her clearly awful father yeah <laughs> and and get a free piano out of it. It seemed like a a pretty solid win win win. Well, your morals are a little and, more complicated than a nine year old's. Uh, and I, and I, I respect that. I'm not going to say you should cheat. I just think in, you know, sort of like building in this idea that people who cheat at school are worse than drug dealers is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Totally. Right. Well, and I think, I think I like, I like the angle that it takes on it because I mean, that when, when she throws it, Arnold wins and at the end, he's like, man, I hope Helga's not taking it too hard. And Helga is just ecstatic. And she yells, I'm free. And yeah, I I like that because yeah. it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, her her whole thing was like, I love Arnold and I don't want to I don't want to beat him senseless at this, spe- you know, spelling bee. But I also don't want to lose because my dad's got a lot of pressure. And th- I think there's maybe an implication that perhaps her dad will stop trying to make her into Olga version two now that he's seen her fail so publicly. Mm. Uh, and maybe she's free of that, but I mean, right. clearly she's not, but I think, I think there's an interesting energy there of like, well, it's, you know, I finally got to lose. I got to lose Wait, this. Uh-huh. It, it's an odd parable at the end because she sort of saves the beeper, the beeper business 
rather than the sort of moral that we would expect is that he gets his comeuppance and his you know his business fails and, but then <laughs> you know, that would have sort of beaver. weird weird tendrils would touch like and now helga's you know out on the streets because her dad lost her job because yeah. she you know because she didn't win a spelling bee like you don't want to you know insinuate <laughs> that either so totally. it's a moral pickle mm-hmm. that i think they did a good job uh yeah you know man- navigating well and you know it's when I was talking earlier about like showing kids that contests are bullshit, it's also <laughs> important showing kids that like somebody losing, you know, that is gracious, that is happy to lose, and that, yeah. you know, not everything boils down to like winning the big game. Yeah. You know, like cool. that, that this pressure is, is so much more harmful than yeah. winning or losing, that the idea of putting pressure on children is, is like, you know, to win a meaningless game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because also, we haven't talked about this, but like spelling is kind of worthless, y'all. Like right. language language shifts. Like spelling is this really strange, like, I don't know, this weird performative, like English is how it is and it will never change and it's perfect. And we now have to learn exactly how spelling works. And I don't know. Spelling bee is kind of ig- That's the soapbox ig- 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 I get on every time Austin <laughs> starts correcting me. You know, look, it's like everybody's spelling, everyone's spelling it's wrong with the with the apostrophe in the wrong place. But I can't correct them on it because then I'm the bad guy, <laughs> even though they're wrong. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, right. Totally. Right. Hey, we got we got one more right. of these to talk about. Let's go to Pigeon Man. Let's do it. Okay, our final episode, a very special episode of Hey Arnold, <laughs> uh, is the much lauded episode Pigeonman. Pigeon Man. Uh, and here is the synopsis Arnold confronts a man that has known and trusted pigeons all his life, and Arnold's pigeon gets sick. That's a weird after. way to structure that. Um, you know, after Arnold's pigeon gets sick. Yeah, yeah, okay. The man has not been around other humans for many years as he feels he cannot trust them. While Arnold takes him for a day in the city, Harold and his friends come along and accidentally dis- accidentally mm. destroy Pigeon Man's bird cages, trying to make simple mischief. Ooh, that's some pretty Harold apologist language. Yeah. We're yeah. just trying to make simple mischief when we accidentally completely <laughs> just destroyed comic it. Mischief, just an E for comic <laughs> mischief, not a teen for vandalism. Oh boy! Um, so uh, yeah, this is this is a big one. This is a big app. I uh, um. I mentioned I mentioned uh, Lord of the Rings in the um, the longest Monday, right? When the, when yeah the, yeah the, and the, I no, could yeah. I yeah with Rivendell and I get a very Tom Bombadil kind of this guy's kind of the keeper of our world yeah this sort of like sacred god who lives apart exactly I mm-hmm. I think that there is something uh, and that we trashed it we ruined it we ruined him like Christ we just <laughs> ruined him <laughs> we couldn't have something something too so nice. Yeah. I think I think that if you were to I mean, the the job I assigned myself when picking episodes for this little arc was not to find like the most memorable or meme worthy episodes, because otherwise I would have done this. I would have done stoop kid. I would have done, you know, like there's a few others that think I, th- I think people remember harder, but that I don't think are as interesting. I think I think Pigeon Man does both of those things. I think Pigeon Man is like mm-hmm. eminently, like, rem- 
And like, to the sequel to the movie, remember? Remember harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just I don't I don't know. I think remember harder with the remember harder Touch with a vengeance. Um, but Tokyo I, Drift. <laughs> I just think Pigeon Man is really interesting. It's weird, it's like mystical in a way. It has no answers for you, and it just does its thing and walks away. And I don't know. I, I dig it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the setup is that Arnold is um, training his his three pigeons, God, Lester, Chester, hipster. and Fester. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's training them to be carrier pigeons and deliver messages to to Gerald. And he sends one off. He sends Chester off and who is looking a little shabby. And uh, when they meet up and Gerald's late, uh, you know, he he comes in with, Hey dude, your, your pigeon is not, not looking so hot. And, uh, that prompts the kids to recommend that he see the pigeon man. And it, it, it brings back one of these, another one of these sort of kid legend. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tale of the pigeon man who is supposedly, you know, half man, half pigeon. (laughs) And we have to, we have to drop that whole clip. Take it away, Gerald. In the pet shop district, there stands an old tenement abandoned since the great fire of 69. After the fire, pigeons started gathering by the thousands upon its charred roof. No one knew why until one day someone saw a dark figure moving among the avian multitudes. For lo, alone on the roof of that 88th Street building lived the creature, half man and half bird, known only as Pigeon Man. Some say he was hatched from an egg and left by alien. And he had a beak and a tail. Some say he survives by eating leaves, twigs, and worms. Some say he's a guy in a chicken soup, a lonely, deranged man wanting only birds for company. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think that it's, uh, it's fun consistently to me how much Gerald kind of resists calls to adventure like at every turn. And <laughs> I think that I, th- I love Gerald's takes on things because like, you're describing this crazy person. It's like, oh man, that's so cool. And Arnold's like, yeah, I'm obviously going to go take this, my pigeon, the pigeon man. And Gerald's like, he's a psych, he's a crazy psychopathic freak. I'm not going anywhere near him. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and he consistently yeah. has those takes. And I really, I re- I'm really there for it. I love him. Well, what I like too, is that, um, you know, they make good use of time in this episode. Uh, you know, if it was longer, they might've reach you know stretched it by sort of finding ways to sort of uncover the pigeon you know to like Mm -hmm. track down the pigeon man and get there have it be some kind of odyssey to climb the tenement building to get up there but it's not they got 11 minutes about yeah they got 11 minutes and that's not what this is about right that's not important they find enough meals Um, to have mm mm-hmm right uh but also like the idea that he can be easily reached, but not nothing is known about him. The fact that he's like a mystery, but like the, they've just never gone there, mm-hmm. you know, is also real with kid legends, you know, which was, it's just like, I don't know. Nobody's gone up to the top of that building. Who knows what could be up there, <laughs> aliens or space, you know, but like, we've never gone. So like, we don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. It turns out the truth of the pigeon man is that he is just a, he is a very like sullen 
antisocial, asocial, whatever you want to call it, dude who just loves pigeons and everyone hates him for it because they think he's a crazy bird man. And he's like, well, fuck mm-hmm. you. And I'll go live on a rooftop and take care of my birds. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it's it's that that voice actor um is is it's that like that odd character actor guy who is in Ghost I think as the J.K. Ghost Simmons no <laughs> no <laughs> what I don't know, I've been <laughs> listing character actors odd no, character it was, actor it was um shoot Philip I forgot Seymour his name uh, Vincent Chevelli yeah Vincent Chevelli yeah who's like done some legendary parts but this is a a really great great job for him yeah um and he just has this this real tenderness and sadness it's cool yeah he has yeah because it's like it's like at the same time like you said very tender but also very world weary and like you've you get you strongly get the sense that years ago he gave up and he's come to terms with it and i think that's cool i think it's like you know he's not like angry he's not lashing out at no point does this pigeon man like raise his voice he even when harold and his shit friends show up they mess up his shit and he shows he comes back to see his place is demolished arnold is upset pigeon man just looks like yeah same shit different day and that's a strong energy to put in a kid's cartoon devastating yeah yeah it'll really kind of knock you off balance um (laughs) when when arnold first meets him and he he gives his his pigeon for for emergency maintenance <laughs> um <laughs> he reports back on pigeon man to the kids and they ask did he smell and he's like he did smell but not bad <laughs> <laughs> he had a smell about him <laughs> that wasn't that bad <laughs> fun um and they find out that he also went to the same school and they had the same teacher and yeah uh you know and he misses pizza. Don't you ever miss the outside world? Like movies and TV and pizza? Pizza. Oh, pizza. Yeah. And then they get some pizza and, and it's incredibly sweet. That's, um, they're that's pizza. where that's Arnold's that's Arnold's true strength, I think, as a character, because he's I don't think there's anyone else on this show who would hear I miss pizza and say, then let's go get some pizza, you know? Like that yeah. sort of that sort of willingness to just be like, no, we're going to go get pizza right now. Like that's I don't know. He's he's got a really open heart. And I think that's a that's a absurdly good quality to, to have in the in which a, in makes it even harder, makes it even harder to handle what happens next is while he's away from his roost. Uh, <laughs> that's when Harold and co uh, decide to go up there for some light mischief. Um <laughs> Rated E for everyone. Simple mischief. You know what would be funny? What if we went over to Pigeon Man's roof while he's away and messed with his stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Like how? You know, like take all the birdseed out of one bag and put it in another bag. So we'll mess with his head. He'll be all confused and all. Like, I strongly disagree with this plan. Well, I'm the leader, so we're going to go do it. So fuck off. (laughs) And... And it's just this heartbreaking, heartbreaking sequence of smashing and breaking and yeah, uh, all that stuff gets ruined and the pigeons fly away and and they they run. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, this this whole this whole thing at the end, uh, Pigeon Man 
there's a there's a really I think the, the coolest line in the episode is when Pigeon like Arnold is like, you know, all oh, the birds are gone. Are they going to come back? And he's like, of course, they'll come back. They're birds. I trust them. I understand them. It's people I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah, like he just doesn't get people. Yeah, people, people are shitty. Yeah, people suck. Yeah. And he's like, I just hope wherever I go next that there'll still be an Arnold there. Uh, oh, oh, pigeon man. <laughs> sweet, um, sweet pigeon man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he 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 realizes that he's got to leave, you know, this yeah. is his time to go. And so he lets all of his birds sort of <laughs> congregate this around him. So good. I love how straight pull. this is played. Uh huh. Yeah. He's got all these little like almost like parachute rip cords all over his his harness, his suit. He's got like a flight cap and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all pull and then they lift him off the ground like an infant with a bunch of balloons. <laughs> like a hot air man. <laughs> like a hot air balloon, but instead of hot air or a balloon, it's just birds. birds. <laughs> yeah. And he flies off into the sunset and, and that's Pigeon Man. <sighs> and that's the last time I, I had to double check because I was like, surely he comes back. But like, nope. that's it. He shows up in the, the jungle show. movie. Right. Which I think is earned, but but the fact that he doesn't show up in the end, you know, that this isn't a, we're setting up a new kooky recurring character every season, <laughs> do another Pigeon Man episode and talk to him makes it even more effective. No. In they, that sort of looking back. Though they actually do, they do that, they fail, they fail, they do that failure in another way uh, with a different character named Monkey Man. Uh, oh, and monkey they man were is wishing this... they'd brought back Pigeon Man, and they're like, "Damn, we kind of had the perfect <laughs> exit." So, no, Monkey Man is just a weird. I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's. I don't remember the, the whole deal because I hate the episode that's about him. But like, he's like a weird background character. Maybe he thinks he's like a like a vigilante hero named Monkey Man or something. He's got a shirt with a big M on it, and all you ever see of Monkey Man is he runs through the background of scenes shouting "Monkey Man" and then he's gone. <laughs> uh, and then they give him <laughs> his own like episode. And when you do, when you give that guy his own episode, I think you fail. The uh, magic is gone. It's gone. It's gone. I didn't want to know the backstory to Monkey Man. He's he's in the background of shots. That's funny. I don't I don't I don't yeah. want to see monkey. Yeah, so you like, don't give the my cabbages guy a whole episode. No, <laughs> you know, an avatar. He, he, you know, he lives in the background. Um, But yeah, this is incredibly affecting. Um, Really, really good. Really good episode. There are still a lot of people online who are convinced that the ending of this episode means Pigeon Man killed himself, Um, which I think is just oh. it's it's that worst kind of like. But I know I've got a real theory about what happened in your favorite kids show, like clickbait mm-hmm. shit. Right, it's the my neighbor Totoro. Like the girls are dead. Oh, they're they're, they're dead the whole time. Oh, it's so much more interesting when it's well, dark. Well, yeah. Well, you've also got this convergence between the symbolism and reality, where it's mm-hmm. like, did he kill himself? No. Is there a practical difference between leaving this world for good and <laughs> you know killing yeah, yourself? Sure. Not really. So not, right. not for the Arnold fact you've, necessarily. The fact that you think you've the fact that you think you've like cracked the code. And it is silly. Yeah. Because right, he left exactly. this world as a man. This is the elves leave Rivendell. They don't kill themselves, but they also, or they leave when the elves leave uh, Middle Earth, right? Yeah. Spoilers. But they're gone from, they're gone from this plane. And yeah, trying- it's like you didn't pick up on the secret code that was what, <laughs> yeah. you know, the one to one art, art, you know, ambiguous art is not sort of built to like, not, ah, well, you solved our riddle. Perfect. <laughs> 
Well, and and because he hated the interpretation that it would be that dark or the idea that he would write like a, a sad man's suicide into his show. Uh, Craig has gone on record several times saying that's not what's happening. You guys like it's not right. it. It's not suicide. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. He flew off with birds. I can't make this more explicit. He has a bird plane. <laughs> It tastes good. Mmm, mmm. Arnold. What are you drinking yes. there, Andrew? Oh, I'm drinking? drinking. I'm drinking sweet, sweet, wonderful Hey Arnold juice. Well, I'll <laughs> not say that. But what Arnold I will say, <laughs> I the I don't nectar know. of an Arnold tree. Mmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I'm so happy that we're watching this show and that we have two more weeks to go. Uh, I. What did you guys think of these four? I dug it. I had a great yeah, time watching good. these. I also am really loving a, a change in pace of the uh, the like ten minute episode mm-hmm. for for a little a little shift. Um, now we're not going to do four for every episode, right? No, in fact, uh, I apologize. This is the only time we're doing the uh, the eleven minute segments. Uh, the next two weeks we're watching when they flex into thirties. Okay. Uh, well, twenty twos. If you were, if we're calling them eleven, we got to call them twenty twos. So they yeah. they later yeah. later not in season one, I think, but. Later on, they give themselves the freedom to flex into the 22 space and write a few stories that need more space. And uh, we're going to be watching those. So uh, to tell you what's coming up uh, next week, we're going to do two holiday episodes, uh, sort of less, I think, less. uh, The two holidays you've already watched? No, less known, less known holiday episodes. Uh, My favorite Hey Arnold episode probably is the Thanksgiving episode. So we're going to watch that one. And then uh, we're watching the Veterans Day episode. Uh, so, cool. so that's next week. And then in the third week, we're going to sort of do a bit of like, I don't know, you could call it Hey Arnold Myth Arc Week, but like more sort of like story info stuff. Uh, so we're going to watch an episode called Helga on the Couch, and we're going to watch one called Parents Day. Nice. Uh, and so, nice. yeah, that's that's our that's our plan for the for the arc. Or it's my plan. And you got to follow it because you let me out on a day pass from anime jail. And this is what happens. As I make well, speaking of the plans. sun is setting, yeah, you're gonna turn to real stone. Low. <laughs> <laughs> sun's getting real low, big guy. <laughs> Wait a minute, you did Marvel and you did Gargoyles, and I'm going to anime jail. I feel like there's a lot of mixed things happening right now. Well, yeah, you but know, they weren't anime, the one... so it counts, right? <laughs> yeah, got it. I'm gonna turn to stone. Like, uh, sorry, I'm trying to come up with an anime reference real fast, but it, it doesn't matter. You're sending me home tonight anyway. Um, home. Oh no, I've internalized anime prison as home. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh. oh, we've done it. We've done it, Corey. <laughs> He's rehabilitated. He salivates whenever we produce a tree. We can, we can, we can leave the cell unlocked. He just stays in there. <laughs> I belong here. <laughs> uh, well, um, Andy, for, for in reality, like, you know, thanks for bringing Hey Arnold to us. Uh, really mm-hmm. delightful. And I'm excited to see the rest of these. And, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to start trashing them, I think. I'm going to start saying they suck <laughs> really bad just to sort of keep you honest because oh you got to work for this. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
You're going to destroy me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday.